0: It's good to see you today. It's always good to be here. God is good, amen? All right. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. If somebody slept in today, man, they slept a little over, didn't they? Hope you got that extra hour of rest, but you lose it tomorrow, I'm sure. Turn that down just a little bit, a little bit of drum there, but that's good. Thank you so much. Well, I have my Bible in hand, and I have a ruler here. And so I'll start off today by just uh, maybe giving a little illustration, if I can. And, um, of course, rulers are given to us for a standard to go by. So measurements, being able to measure something correctly. And if you measure something correctly, then you can get a better outcome. Especially if you're a person that's working on a particular area of their life, or maybe a a woodworker and things that come into detail. So I will ask as I get started here, who in this room believes that this Bible that I'm holding here is the length of at least 16 inches? Raise your hand. 16 inches. Anybody believe that it's at least 16 inches? Now what about anybody believing that it is actually seven and a quarter inches? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay? Well actually, you're both wrong. The actual length of this Bible is six and eh, five-eighths. Well, what I want to try to show you today and be able to kind of reveal today is that if you believe a lie, a lie is not as good as the truth. And that we need to understand that there's a standard in which we are called to go by that is the truth. And if we have the truth then we have a standard in which we can measure ourselves so that we might be able to grow by it, but also receive what the truth tells us. And that is important in our lives. So say it after me. This is God's Word. It is the truth. Cover to cover. Book to book. Chapter to chapter. Verse to verse. Word to word. It is the truth. It can, it can change my life if I let it. I let it. Oh, Lord, oh Lord let, me let, it. let me let it. And the church said, Amen. 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 We can go eat now, right? <laughs> not quite. See, there comes a time in your life where you and I have a choice to make. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's not your brother or sister. It's not your maid. It's your choice. It's a decision that you make. It's your choice. That's the wonderful thing about God and what He reveals to us. One of the wonderful things is God gives us a free will. He didn't make us a squirrel that just runs up a tree and makes a little nest and hunts nuts and gathers up for the wintertime. He could have, but He chose not to. And then within us, He gave us this thing called a free will. A free will, it gets you in trouble or it leads you to victory, but it's your choice nonetheless. So what God does is He gives us a blueprint. He gives us the truth. He gives us a guideline. He gives us this, what is that uh, a picture, if you will, throughout His Word that He gives us that allows us to see if we do this, this is what you get. If you do that, this is what you get. And in that process of that, in both of those things, He says, now you get to choose. So when you look at God's Word and you see what it says and you do what it says, you can expect to get what it says. If you look at God's Word and you see what it says, you know, do what it says. You cannot expect to get what it says. It's pretty that simple, but we all miss the mark. Sometimes we're off by a little bit and sometimes we're off by a whole bunch of bit. Amen? My dad always said, son, he would always tease me. He said, I cut that board three times and it's still too short. Some of you are going to get that on the way home. the the answer was, well, why you cut it the second time? In our lives, we're like that. We often think that we know best, and when we go to God's Word, we go, Ah, dude, I blew it again. Anybody blow it this week besides me? Uh, The rest of you need to repent right away. The rest of us that raised our hand, we got over with quick, didn't we? But I want to tell you today, it's your choice. You can listen to people, or you can listen to the enemy. Or you can listen to God, it is your choice. And believing one lie can cost you greatly. Believing one lie can cost you greatly. By listening to people, you can easily be caught up into what they think. And people think, don't we? Everybody got an opinion? I I, I see a lot of red today, but not a whole lot of orange today. Go figure. But anyway, nonetheless, you can listen to the enemy, Satan, and you will, in this process, miss the victory of that God has for your life, not some of the time, but all of the time. Who told the first lie? Of course, if it didn't take long for God to reveal to us in His Holy Word. It didn't take very long for God to reveal to us what a lie cost. One lie. Believed and what it costs. Of course, we know that to be Satan himself. In Genesis chapter 3, we'll look at it there together. Now the serpent was more crafted than any of the wild animals that the Lord had made or created. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from that tree, the tree in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Oh, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Hmm. That one lie, believed, was costly. So much so that it affects you and me today. Dude. Adam and Eve in the beginning. It didn't matter. It could be Harley and Don. It could be whoever. But it's affected us nonetheless. In Romans chapter 5, it tells us completely that. It says, death through Adam and life through Christ. Therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man because he believed the lie but yet our redemption comes through the one Jesus the Christ. Give me an amen. Now there's another story, and all through Scripture you can actually look at these, and I I was uh, quite astonished to be able to look through different parts of Scripture and be able to uh, see people that actually fell for a lie. There's another one I would mention real briefly is in the book of Numbers chapter 13 and 14 and in there and you're probably familiar with the story nonetheless. God has told his people, God's chosen people, the Israelites that had been in captivity for 400 years, he tells them that you're going to be now led into the promised land. This wasn't going to be, this was going to be their victory for the taking. A land that was not just enough, barely enough, It was more than they could imagine. It was more than they could even comprehend in their life. It wasn't going to be just a a house on the right side of the tracks. It wasn't going to be just a, a nicer car. It was going to be more than they could ever imagine. This place was more than enough. More than any of them had ever dreamed about for the 400 years when they were in captivity. It was a land, a place that God had preserved. And notice that word I say and use, preserved Just for His people. I want you to know today that God has something preserved just for you. I believe that with all my heart. The question is, are we getting it? Are you getting it? Now at first, these people, these Israelites, God's chosen people, they they did believe God and they trusted God or they focused on the promise of God and God of the promise. Good for them. But it didn't take long for them to waver a little bit. They voted for the 16 inches in length and rather than the 6 and 5 eighths. How did they do that? Well, here's the story in, in a short. They basically send out 12 spies into the promised land. We need to go check this place out. And God says, fine, go check it out. Well, God already knew what was there. But they wanted to check it out. Go check it out. They did. They went over there, spent some time. They came back and they said, it is exactly what God said. They start off really good. It's exactly what God said. It is so awesome. It is more than we can imagine. You're not going to believe what we're going to tell you how awesome it really is. And all the people said, woohoo, let's go. But 10 of the 12 said, whoa, well, we, oh, excuse me. Well, shh, calm down, crowd. We forgot to tell you something. These dudes are big. They're bigger than we are. They're more dangerous than we are. They're warriors. They're they're just they're mean. They devour their own. It's just we cannot do this. And something changed. So it's found in Numbers chapter 13 if you want to read it there for yourself, but I won't take time to read it. I just told you about it. But here are it's it's, it's amazing to me but it really comes back to us. But here they are, these leaders of God's people, chosen to be leaders, not followers, someone way down, not the not the TFC, but we're talking the generals that were selected, the ones that trusted God, if you will, the most, or should have. God's leaders of God's people. They planted a seed. They planted a seed of discouragement, and better yet, they really planted a seed that was a lie instead of a seed of faith and hope and truth. And that seed had no choice but to produce after its own kind. Because a lie can only produce what a lie carries. Right. And it is destruction. Right. Because lies come from the devil. That's right. That's right. It is right. Amen. Amen. Thank you. However, Joshua and Caleb, two, two of the spies, they tried everything they could. Oh, they hung in there. They were convinced they weren't falling for that lie. They were convinced that it could be done. They were trying to get them, but they could not cut off those weeds, cut down those weeds fast enough. They gave it all they had, but the people bought into the lie. And when the people bought into the lie, it began to go downhill real quick. They listened to people and the enemy moved in and hooked them. That's what's happened in our world today. People listen to people more than they listen to God. And by listening to people, you will always be led in the wrong direction eventually. And that's what they did. They were hooked. Hooked by a lie. Anybody get hooked by a lie? Anybody hook anybody in a lie? Not as many hands. What happened? Everybody knows a liar, but nobody's a liar. How's that happen? And that lie kept them from getting what was just around the corner, or just over the hillside, if you will. So here's the question I have for you. Is there a lie that perhaps you've bought into that has kept you from getting what God said is yours for the taking? I know that's a long sentence. My secretary says, I write the world's longest sentences. Don't you, Stephanie? And half the time they don't make a lot of sense, so I just thank you so much for her. But I'm going to ask that one again. Is there a lie perhaps that you've bought into that has kept you from getting what God said is yours for the taking? Now keep in mind, just believing one lie can cost you the victory that you want. Did you hear that? Believing one lie can cost you the victory that you've longed for your whole life. What God had preserved for them was lost because of a lie. Well, now what does God preserve for us? Because we can read their story and we can say, Stupid people. They should have listened to the truth. But we gotta bring it home. We gotta bring it to us. We gotta bring it to me. I gotta bring it into my house. I gotta look at it. I gotta ask the question is, what does God have prepared for me? What is it that God has prepared for us? Well, first of all, I want to say God has preserved for us salvation. And God has preserved salvation just for you. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has preserved for you salvation. And it's your choice. Yours. Yours alone. Whether you choose to believe that and receive that or reject that and believe the lie and miss out on it. It's your choice. Now, I would say most of us in this room probably made the choice to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And I'm thankful for that. But I would believe also that there are some here that have not. I want to tell you that that is the truth, that Jesus has preserved salvation for you through His Son, Jesus the Christ. He has preserved salvation for your life. Believe that truth and receive it today. Is my prayer for you. However, for those of us, for those of you that have already taken him up on this free offer, this offer of being his child, good for you, good for you, wonderful, marvelous, wonderful, gracious. All those things are great, wonderful. But let me tell you this, there is still more preserved for you. The question is, do you want? God never runs out. in our Bible class this morning about our prayer time, God doesn't look around in the sun and say, man, we're running low on this one. We better slow down, giving that out. God doesn't run low on anything. And God has things preserved for His people after they're saved. That He wants us to have. He wants us to accomplish. He wants us to, to enjoy in our lives. But we have to believe it. Listen to this. I haven't used this verse in a long time. But I'm going to use it again. Jeremiah 29:11. You know, it's one of my favorite verses. And I know we run on through it, or you see it on a little sign or a card or whatever, and we ah oh, know that verse. I don't like to do that. I like to look at it every time, just kind of you know, you know, chew on a little bit because it's a you know, it's just sometimes it's spearmint and sometimes it's peppermint, but I like them both. It says, "For I know the plans that I have for you," declares the Lord, the same God that declared, "Let there be light." <laughs> Declare something for you. So if God can speak light into existence, you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. Then if God declared that into existence, and if God declares something for you, and you're not getting it, there's a reason why you're not getting it, and it's not God. So watch. He declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. How would I break that down? Well, on Thursday, I think it was. I just broke it down like this real quick. Prosper. Ooh, I like that word. Prosperity. Prosper means good things to come. Good things to come. Prosperity. Oh, he's talking about money and I just would love that. Listen, God can do whatever God chooses to do. Whatever he chooses to do. Whether it's through your finances or through your health or your refrigerator lasts a little longer than the last one did. God can do whatever he chooses to do because God is God. Prosper means something good to come. That makes me feel good. Right. Something's on the way. Right. Anybody know something's on the way today? Watch this. Prosper, good things to come, not to harm you. Did you notice that one up there? That means protection. That's right. Isn't it good to know that we have a protector? David said it, I have a protector. He is my rock, he is my shield, he is my deliverer. He's all those things that I need, but to know that God is with me, I'm protected right. by God. That is good to know, isn't it? Sure it is. Plans. He uses it twice in the scripture. Plans. Blueprints. His holy word. My son-in-law reads blueprints all day long. That's what he does. He looks at blueprints, makes bids on jobs, and they go out and do them. If he doesn't look at the blueprint, he's in trouble. He can just, oh, that's a $5 million job. Turn it in. Well, it's pretty good if it's only a million dollars and the other people accept it. But if he turns it in, it's a $10 million job, he's lost his job. Blueprints, something to go by. It means God has given us what we need in his holy word. And if we get in his holy word, we can find out what it is, and then we can go get it. You've got a fish with the right bait. Right, Mike? That's right. There we go. He uses plastic worms. I don't know why. Anyway, it works. The real thing, man. All right. Here I am. Hope. I love this word hope here. It's a goal to look forward to. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping in that one. Man, I'm hoping. I'm hoping in that one. But my hope isn't in you. My hope isn't in things. My hope is in Christ. My hope is in the right source that gets things to me that he says he will. Hope. Looking forward to something. And I love this last one, future. Have you ever looked at it this way? Future, what's that mean? Never ending. Never ending. God's got us covered. Eternally. From from the plans that He has, through eternity and beyond. Now those are what I call the extras. Because he gives you the best one up front, salvation. You can't trump salvation. That's it. But all these others are extras, and he's saying, "I really want to give you some extras." When we'd eat at my mom's house, and I surely miss this, but she, we would eat. You ever, you ever do this at mom's or grandma's, and you eat and you're full, and your grandma, your mom says, "Oh, come on, honey, there's have some more." And it doesn't doesn't just ask if you want some more. She just puts it in your plate. She says, here you go. You don't want to disappoint mom. My mom's been gone a long time to be the Lord. And I'm happy for her, but I'm also happy for me. I'm happy because I know I'm going to see her again. But I'm also happy because if she was still here, I'd probably weigh 350 pounds. Because Donna don't say, here, have some more. I'm just teasing. God is good. That's right. No, these are the extra things that God has for us. Throughout our lives, our Christian walk with Him that He will reveal to you, for us, for you to enjoy, if you choose to continue to walk by faith in Him and trust to what He says and not the lie that the enemy is trying to get you to believe. I believe that one of the main veins of the lie I say about the veins of lies, because I believe there are veins in the lie. Now, a white lie is a lie. Uh, a, a yellow lie is a lie. They're all lies. We categorize them. We even categorize it in our sin. We go, well, that's just a little sin. do really, not really amount much. Well, sin is sin. It stinks. You can stink and you can stink worse, but you're both stinky. You know what I'm saying? And so the sin is sin in God's eyes. And we've all fallen short. We've all sinned, he says. But in this, what we have to keep in mind are these veins of lies. Because in sin, there's consequences. Some little consequences and some major consequences. Doesn't mean that God won't forgive you of them. Uh-uh. It means that there's consequences to them in our lives. We understand that. It's just, but lies are the same way. way. They, they work in these veins. And some are just... Just little bitty things that don't seem to amount to much. But then there's these other veins. I call them these tentacles that reach out and touch us. So what are some of those? They just give you maybe one or two combined probably. One of the main veins of the lie of the enemy is to get you to believe that you have no value to God. That's right. That you have no value. Period. So if you feel that you are not valuable to God, and you have bought into a lie, you have bought into the lie, and you can begin to tell yourself, why bother? That's why the pews, many are empty. Why bother? God doesn't care. Why should I? You bought into a lie, because God does care. God does care about you. Now, one one way people do this, is to get a little bit deeper on that one, is one way people do this is they compare themselves to others. We are a comparing generation or a people, there's no doubt, to others. We compare ourselves. And by doing so, we can never measure up. Because you always find someone better than you are. He's faster, he's smarter, he's better looking. They sing better, they speak better, they teach better, and the list goes on and on and on and on. It never ends. Comparison gets you in trouble. Kind of reminds me of the story of the rooster and the hens. Heard the one about the rooster and the hens? The rooster and the hens are in their backyard. The rooster, he's walking around feeling pretty good, all the hens he's got. All of a sudden, a football flies over the fence into the yard. Well, the rooster being the rooster goes and examines the football. He looks it over carefully. And then he calls his hands over and he simply says, ladies, I want you to take a good look at what your next door neighbors are producing these days. Comparison. I thought it was pretty funny, but you'll get it, whatever. I know somebody's going, I wish you'd shut up, man, I'm hungry. All right, Comparis- comparing yourself can lead you down the path of pain, discouragement, and finally to the valley of no value to you or anyone else. We call it depression. Often. But we misdiagnose it. Too often. And what we do. Is we take a pill. Or buy a new car. Or get a new wife. Or a girlfriend. Or maybe two. That is a lie. Don't you believe that lie for a minute? You are God's. Chosen. How do I know that? The standard. The truth. There's a standard just like this ruler here. That's one inch. That's two inches. That's seven and three eighths. There's a standard. And I believe this. Some people believe this more than they believe this. Some people go to this more than they go to this. When you ought to be going to this instead of this. Because this is the standard. So if God says it. I can take it to the bank. Give me an amen. Because if you don't believe that, then we're going to have to back up a little bit. But we ain't backing up today. Here we go. Listen to these verses. 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possessions. And the church said? Say it again. One more time. Very good. You guys are getting better. You are special to God. I'm special. I'm special. I'm special. Say it with me. I'm special. Say it again. I'm special. Say it again. I'm special. Because you are special in God's eyes. You're valuable to God. He's taking you out of darkness and put you to the light. Jesus is the light. He's brought you into Jesus. Special? Oh, I think so. Ephesians chapter 1. Give a couple more here. Praise praises for the spiritual blessings of Christ. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 4, for he chose us in him when, read it with me, before the creation of the world. Isn't that awesome? Before the creation of the world. He set it in order. Before then, he chose us. I got to be special. We, we let the North Star guide us. God thought of us before the North Star. God says, you're special in love. Here it is, in love. Watch his love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Through who? Jesus Christ. In accordance with His pleasure and His will. It was God's pleasure and His will that it be done that way. I'll show you that in just a minute. To the praise and glorious grace which He has freely given us the one He loves. But He doesn't stop. Verse 13 of Ephesians. Watch what it says. And you also were included in Christ. So somebody's feeling left out. No, 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 no. He's saying, hey, church, you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. Not lie. Truth. You see it? The message of truth. The gospel of your salvation. And there you can put The gospel of my salvation because I heard the truth. But he doesn't stop. When you believed, notice it, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You see, when you believed, you were marked with a seal because you believed the truth and no longer a lie. Some of you need to quit believing the lie, accept the truth, and watch what God does for you, which is gives you salvation through Jesus Christ. Taught. And on that seal is a signature. God's chosen. Isn't that good? There's a story. American tourist in Paris. He's at one of these little trinket shops. He buys this necklace, 20, 25 bucks. He was shocked when he comes back across the big pond and he realized he has to pay quite a bit of high-duty tax to uh, clear customs in New York. This arouses his curiosity, so he takes it to a jeweler and he lets him examine it, maybe appraise it. After looking at the object, the the appraiser simply said, I'll give you $25,000 right now for that piece of jewelry, that necklace. Well, he decided to go ahead and get a second opinion. He knew this guy a little bit, not very well, but anyway, he decided to get another opinion, took it to this guy, and he examined it, and he said, I'll give you $35,000 for it. He then asked, what do you see that's so valuable about this old, old necklace? The man said, come here. Look with your own eyes through this glass. There before his eyes was the inscription, from Napoleon Bonaparte to Josephine. The value of the necklace came from its identification with a famous person. Now think about that just for a moment. Your value is based on your identification in God through Christ Jesus. He put you a seal. His name scribed. Wow. When you take hold of that truth, when you grab that one and you put it in your pocket and you put it in your heart, you put it in your spirit, you put it in your soul and fully embrace it, you can think positively about yourself because your value comes from God and not from man and you can hold your head up and say, I am a child of the Most High God. Do you see how important the truth is? Now that you know the truth about you and what God wants you to know, the question comes down to basically this. Are you going to continue to believe a lie or are you going to celebrate in the truth? All Christians had to come to that question. Am I going to continue to believe a lie or am I now going to believe the truth? What God has said. You see, recognizing the value is the key to your success. It lifts you up. lifts you higher than anything else. I am honored and proud to carry the name Davidson. My parents were superb people. But most importantly, they were Christian people. And they taught all of us kids Christian values. And they taught us that we had to make a choice for ourselves to believe the truth or accept and continue to accept the lie of the world. But my value doesn't come any longer from Robert and Lorraine Davidson. My value comes through Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son. Period. God gave up His Son to have you as a child. Valuable. I think so, don't you? I'm here to tell you today that your value to God was and is so high that He was willing to give it all up in order to get you. You are worth more than you know. You are worth more than you know and you must have been worth something for Him to look into the eyes of His one and only Son and say, I'm giving you so I can have them. I'm I. Now I want you to know one last thing. Satan is a liar and the truth is not in him. Scripture tells us that plainly. He wants you to believe one lie. And that one lie that he wants you to believe, folks, is this. That God can't save you. Too many people are buying into that lie. My friend, I am here to beg you. I am here to beg you to no longer believe that lie. For God does love you. For God does love you. And he is more than willing to save you if you will just take the truth and believe the truth, you too can win the victory. What is it that you're working on in your life that you want the victory over? Are you going to believe the world? are you going to believe God? That's the question. Now today, somebody might have a prayer request. We're, We're here for you. That's what we do. This is all family time. It's not found in Scripture. This is what you do at the end of your service. We put it here because when we teach God's Word, we believe that His Spirit moves among His people, among people. And when the Word is taught, someone can grasp it and they can say, I believe that today, and they can have salvation. You can have salvation before you leave here today by accepting Jesus Christ. Maybe today you are here and you need to have baptism. You've never been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Today, we can offer that for you as well just takes a few minutes. But when you're baptized, the beauty beauty of that, God not only removes your sin, He gives you something. He gives you a piece of His Spirit, Holy Spirit, to live with inside of you so that you can live above the world and you can live the life full. That's why He came. Or maybe today you just have a prayer request. Maybe you're hurting and you have something going on. We'd love to pray with you. Our leaders will come. Others will come with you. Or maybe today you have a praise and you want to share that praise with us. That's fine too. Whatever it happens to be, this is what we offer right now as we sing this song. You can come right now as we stand and sing.